Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From NJ.com, this is Talk is Cheap, a New York Giants podcast. We're talking big blue football all year round. Welcome on in, Giants fans, to the Talk is Cheap podcast. I'm Ryan Dunleavy, and I'm joined by colleague Steve Politti for the Teardown episode. My regular co-host, Matt Lombardo, has lost his voice. Screaming. Lost his voice, screaming about what the Giants are doing, I'm sure. <laughs> he is somewhere in an empty room, just, you know, just shattering, shattering <laughs> things with his broken vocal cords, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's uh, there's a lot to scream. There's a lot to scream about. Like, why didn't you do this seven? Oh, it's crazy. I mean, we're burning this. It's just, it is an incredible. What they're doing now is an incredible admission that they screwed up. They're it, not it, throwing it, in the towel, Steve. Okay. Sure not. Like yesterday, they're, sure. they're not throwing in the towel, Dunleavy. They're selling the towel. If you can give them a seventh round draft pick for the towel. They will gladly take that for the towel at this point. Oh, my God. Pat Shermer told us yesterday, we are not throwing in the towel. Right. That's what press conferences are worth. And here's the thing, and I, I, I get we'll, – we'll talk all about the, the moves and what's coming next, and I, I get that. But if you're a Giants fan, you know, and, and you're sitting there like, well, hey, look, look, we gave it a shot, you know, no big deal. I think that's wrong. I think this team has set, them, set itself back – at least a year in the rebuild, maybe two, because I mean, it's like when you have a rotting house and then the studs are, are, are breaking apart and you slap drywall on that. <laughs> well, now you've got to rip the drywall off, right? You've made all these deals with the intention of getting good now that are completely or win now deals for a team that is, you know, is now pulling off pieces. It, it's just, it's incredible. I think just a miscalculation by Dave Gettleman here. You lost me on drywall. I'm the guy who hired. I'm the guy who hired somebody to reinstall his smoke detectors. So. I've had some bad. I've had some bad dealings with contractors. Let's just put it that way. So I think I, our colleague Keith Sargent is the drywall guy. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a drywall guy. But yes, uh, agree with you. If this is an analogy about Nate Solder being drywall instead of the studs to hang it up with, uh, yes, you signed him to a sixty-two million dollar contract. Um, you signed Patrick Omame to a three-year contract. You saw you uh, traded an asset for for Ogletree. I, mean, <laughs> I, I can live with trading an asset for Ogletree. It was a fourth and sixth round draft picks, and they desperately needed a linebacker. They desperately needed leadership. The Ogletree thing is the one thing I could say I would have probably done even in a build for the future mode. But Omame Solder. 
not picking a quarterback instead of Saquon Barkley, who is phenomenal. I feel like I need to say he's phenomenal every time I say they shouldn't have picked him. But But if you uh, didn't like the quarterbacks, not trading down to collect assets, not doing things that teams, I mean, (laughs) that that do when when you're in the position like they are, when you need, when you have all these needs on the roster. And it became pretty evident early on to me that, all right, well, this this team wasn't going to be. I mean, they after training camp, when all of a sudden you're you know you're signing the rejects from other other teams, you're cutting guys. You're just, uh, you you kind of knew early on that even they saw the miscalculation there. I believe. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, you make a great point. It, it was I think that alarm bells went off in my head. I you were more critical of their off season, I think, than I was. I actually liked it. I had talked to some people around the NFL. I love saying that, right? It makes me sound so knowledgeable. <laughs> I've talked to some people around the NFL and they said they raved about the Giants offseason. So I took them at their word. I mean, this is my that was my first NFL offseason of as a beat reporter. I took them at their word that the Giants did a great job. And then when you're right, when you saw the day after the 53 man roster was set, that the Giants cut six of their own guys in NFL high in order to pick up scraps from six other teams, that should have sounded the alarms that, oh, God, they they just because they're counting on um Curtis Riley as the starting free safety doesn't mean Curtis Riley is any good as the starting free safety and on and on and on, not to just pick on Curtis Riley. Right. Right. And now they take it. All right. So I actually, when I, when I, when I saw the Eli Apple trade, my first reaction was, all right, look, they're, you know, maybe this is an example of you're getting rid of a guy who, who might not be a good locker room guy. I don't know. That's the sense I get from, from, from as an outsider, fourth and seventh round pick, not great value, but all right. But then, then, Damon Harrison for a fifth round pick. I mean, just, <laughs> that is fire sale. You put a clearance sign outside the building. I cannot believe that they would. I mean, I'm just stunned that they would do that. Uh, I'm not, honestly. I, I, I mean, I saw it the last couple of days that the, the, this was going to be a teardown. I wrote it. I wrote my plan for their teardown. But a fifth at, round pick, is that enough value for that guy? Yes. Here's think why. So? Yes. Here is why. Okay. One, he's 30. Two, his contract is huge. And three, and this is the underreported thing about Snacks Harrison. And even myself, I didn't realize it till four weeks ago, and I've written it pretty much every day since. Snacks Harrison plays 55% of the Giants' defensive snaps. He is an incredible run stopper, okay? He's incredible at it, but he gets no pass rush. And in today's NFL, you need to get a pass rush. I was watching the Sunday night football game, and they were talking, they said something Andy Reid had told them about how he thinks the new wave of the NFL is going to be interior pass rushers because it's fewer steps to the quarterback hmm. than going from the outside. Damon Harrison gets no pass rush. I mean, zero pass rush. You look at guys like Fletcher Cox on the Eagles, uh, Aaron Donald on the Rams. The reason they're incredible players is because they stop the run and get a pass rush. Damon Harrison is the running back who cannot catch or the receiver who cannot go deep. He is a one dimensional player. And look, I wasn't going to say this, but if you're going to suggest Eli Apple's a bad locker room guy, I mean, if snacks, well, that that is a very valid point. That is a good point. Absolutely. In my short time, Eli Apple is, is in the locker room. He's a presence in the locker room far more than snacks. Do you think that is the motivation here, though? I mean, are they going to tell? Are they going to tell us that this is when Pat Shermer talks again? Are, is he going to admit that this is we're in we're burning down the house, or is he going to still? Be- no. no, this is we're, this is going to be like you know we're still trying to win every game, and uh, 
you know, we still have to balance for the future. We're doing a tightrope, you know, uh, uh, you're still trying to win every game, but you know, we've also got to have the best interest of the franchise and uh, blah, blah, blah. But you see Landon Collins reactions to these last two tweets. Landon Collins is a guy who gives every, I mean, let's look at it this way. Okay. Landon Collins didn't hold out like other guys on one year contracts. He could have included like his, he could have, he knew Odell Beckham was going to get paid before him. He shut his mouth and let it go. And then he sees his friend Earl Thomas on the Seahawks break his arm after caving on his holdout and now probably going to get far less money. And Landon Collins still goes out there for a one in six team and busts his butt every yep. single play, which you there are people like, oh, he makes $1.6 million. Of course he should. Why should I credit a guy for giving his effort? Because other guys don't do don't, it. Don't, exactly. Make it far more and don't do it. And a couple of them on the team. <laughs> so. And so you're going to try to convince Landon Collins who now has to worry about his paycheck in the future. And he, he's going to go out there and bust his butt every play for you when you're trading off anybody who can help him win. That's going to be a really tough sell. So what now? What do they do? What's the next move? That's my then, question. You got Jank, days? He might get traded before we hang up this podcast. <laughs> check Twitter. I should check Twitter while we're talking. Yeah, I mean, we might, is uh, there another deal? Why is Janoris Jenkins still on the team? That's my big question. I don't, uh, think, I don't think they've gotten a good offer. CBS Sports, Jason Lockham for it. Uh, give him credit. He's the one who said teams were sniffing around Jenkins. I don't think that anybody should be surprised to hear that. I think if anybody sniffs, the Giants should drive Jenkins to that team. So <laughs> um, he's just not the kind of guy who's going to want to be on a one and six team, if that makes sense to you. He's just, it's just, you know, he's, I think he can still play. I, I mean, his contract is uh, big. I mean, it, it, it's like the 10th biggest among cornerbacks in the NFL. He's only made one pro bowl. Uh, he shut down the saints, Michael Thomas, but he's had a couple of really questionable, uh, efforts and performances. He's gotten beat deep a couple times this year. If somebody oh, will take a couple him, games, he cost them yeah. the Falcons game in a lot of ways in the Cowboys game. He got, yeah. he got beat on the, uh, the biggest play in that game. But let's forewarn everybody. You're looking at a mid-round draft pick for Janoris Jenkins, too. You're not getting anything better than that because it's another big contract and another, you know, questionable veteran. So uh, I think if somebody calls, and I think they probably will, I don't think he'll be on the team by October 30th. I, I wonder if he'll be on the team by 934. I was I was surprised at our colleague Lombardo, a good scoop with Olivier Vernon, that they are not going to trade him. I'm a little surprised by that. I get that he is a, he's a younger guy, he's big, got another big contract, a pass rusher, which they don't have any of that. I get that. Uh, but still, you know, if you're if you're entering this mode, which I mean, yep. have to acknowledge they are, why are you going to keep a guy around like that who is, you know, a, the biggest a, a, of the contracts? Yeah, the biggest they have almost double what Snacks' contract yep. is. Yep. Do you think that's a contract thing? Do you think it just they just can't they know they can't unload him, or do they do they see some future for him beyond this season? My gut tells me this. Olivier Vernon missed four games last year due to injury. He missed the first five games this year due to injury. My gut tells me you could probably get more for Olivier Vernon in the offseason than you could today, and that's probably what they're hedging their bets on. Wow. Incredible. And then so many different things to, to talk. And now, and now we have to think about the players who are going to be here, which I'm fascinated by, obviously the, the two big ones. Uh, and what is going to happen? I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. has not exactly handled adversity well. To, and that, and that is really putting it quite kindly. The sky's I mean, blue too. Did you know that? He, he is sitting next to Lil Wayne complaining, Lil Wayne. wondering, Lil Wayne efforts, wondering if he's happy in New York, 
a month after signing a $95 million contract. I mean, what what is this guy going to do? This is going to be we're heading toward. I mean, last year That's at least gonna... he was gone for at least he was gone for the 11, 11 games. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be a situation where we're going to be monitoring him, you know, every week. Is I mean, are they prepared for 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 the antics that we're going to see if this gets out of hand and if he can't handle the fact that this team is 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 you know throwing in the towel already? I mean, what what's going to happen great. with him? That's a great point. You know, I hadn't so much has gone on. I haven't even really digested that yet. But that is such a good point, Steve. I mean, you're right. I mean, look, I think for all of his antics, they're mostly fueled by he wants to win it. I They come off as me first because he believes the best way for a team to win is for him to do it all. So um I think he I think he's going to have a real hard time with this. He might have, he, of all the players in the locker room, I think he's going to have the hardest time with this idea that the Giants are just going to waste his prime uh in Barry Sanders mode of just like being an average team and maybe not go into the playoffs. Uh but I don't know you I don't know how you deal. I mean, I just don't know how you deal him with the uh, $65 million guaranteed contract, uh $95 million. I mean, that would be to turn around and trade him wow. eight, eight weeks or even in the offseason four months after giving him that kind of contract. I mean, they can't do it. They can't do it. Yeah, I think you have to keep Well, him. but yeah. does he force their hand though? And I, I mean, I mean, that's, oh, that's if anybody's going to, it would be him. Right. Yep. And I'm not, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about in the next couple of days before the trade. I, I get that. But in the offseason, is it going to be such a is it going to be such a headache? And I, I, and I, I really give Beckham credit other before the ESPN thing. Which obviously was a was a, a grave miscalculation on his it part. It was an act of leadership. <laughs> act of leadership. I know. So uh, before that point, I thought he had handled himself pretty well. Um, you know, now you've got the ESPN thing. Mara fires back at him. Uh, you know, it, it just became a, a, a two week story when it didn't have his to dad. be. His dad. His dad. Oh my gosh, poor. I forgot all about that. His dad showing the video of Mara slamming the chair down, and obviously something we've all seen in the press box, but that doesn't usually get ca- captured on camera. Uh, I just, I just, I just can't help but think that that's going to be a, that's going to be a problem. And here's the next thing I wonder. Hold on, hold on. I did uh, tip to hat tip to over the cap. If the Giants trade Beckham before June first. They would get sixteen million dollars. Excuse me. After October thirtieth and before June first, they would get uh, sixteen million dollars in dead salary cap money and just five million dollars in salary cap savings. I mean, that probably isn't the determining factor. There's probably too many other things at at play with an Odell Beckham trade. But when the bottom line in this is always. Uh, the bottom line in this is always the salary cap, and that's not exactly a salary cap friendly trade. No, I will say, and the other side of that is that teams that rebuild generally have more; they they have salary cap savings because they have younger players. But still, no, absolutely, that is a that is a that's a big hit. That is a very big hit, and it's, and it's not going to be the only one uh, that they would have. Uh, all right, so now my question now about Eli Manning. This now is, this I've thought about. This this kind of and I I listened to him on WFN that the answer didn't didn't surprise me you know it's the well no you know I, I love the Giants I'm a New York Giant I, I'm really happy you know, and it's the same thing they've gotten I, I just wonder you know on on some level what does it say about him 
that he's not at least curious about finishing his career with a team that can contend. And he's got to know now this one's not going to. Does he care? Does, I mean, does he see what his brother did, what Brett Favre did, what – I mean, insert – any number, any, any athlete, I mean, the number of athletes that changed teams far outnumbers the Derek Jeters, right? I mean, it's just yeah. far, every, everyone does. I mean, LeBron James, I mean, look look at across. I don't even know what team LeBron sports. James is on anymore. I mean, seriously, you can't even keep track, right? Uh, does he not, does he not see that on any level and think, look, it's clearly over for me now? I, I think that there's. He must think that. He, he, well, You're yeah, does he? I mean, you would have thought he would have thought that at the end of last year. We all thought at the end of last year, and he, and he was he was right. We were wrong. He, he's back. But well, now, like, I think he's admitted. I think he's admitted he wondered if the new regime was going to support him. And he obviously got his answer early in January. He didn't have to right. wait. But he there were three weeks, three uncomfortable weeks there. I think for Eli, where he didn't know if the new guy was going to come in and force him out. I I think in his heart, he didn't admit that at the time, but in hindsight, he has. And I think. You know, six months from now, we'll hear that he knew that, you know, he knew he saw the writing on the wall. Okay, so if he wants to play, the writing is not the writing is in spray paint on the wall. I mean, it's it's, you know, it's in big bold letters. If he wants to play beyond this year, it's not going to be here. So why why wouldn't he embrace the move now? I mean, I guess that's where I'm coming from. The, uh, you know, is you know he seems so he's got no trade. He seems, you know, that he's not going to do it. I just wonder why. Do you I mean? Do you all no, I mean it's I look, I think it's a fair question to ask, especially when, you know, uh especially when his brother did it and won a Super Bowl and got to go out on top like few quarterbacks have. Um right. I the only thing I can think of, and I don't know Eli Manning particularly well, but I don't know that anybody really does, even the guys who have covered him for years, he's that kind of private person. The only thing I can think of is Look, he's got three daughters in school and this he's made New York home and he's made an incredible living and he doesn't want to uproot his family to chase, you know, another possible playoff spot. Um, he's still look, I, I hate I hate when coaches say uh, we're going to play the guy who gives us the best chance to win. And, you know, Shermer's going to say that this week. Uh, stop talking about the best chance to win. The best chance to win is not trading Damon Harrison and Eli Apple. But um, the truth be told, right now, Eli Manning gives them the best chance to win, and they have 50 other guys in that locker room who they can't have quit on them. So you're going to try to sell to those guys. We're trying to win, and we're going to play Alex Tanny or Kyle Aletta today. Like it, uh, They're in a very sticky spot. For me, Manning probably – you know, is still convinced he's the best quarterback on the Giants and doesn't want to uproot his family. And um, certainly not in the middle of a season. Maybe he'll have a change of heart in January or February and extend his career. Look, I asked him one on one uh, this summer. I talked to him one on one and I said, do you want to play until you're 40? And he got he, he got he got a little feisty and he said, why do I have to put a number on it? Why do if I say 45 or 40 or whatever, like these other quarterbacks do? what does that mean? If I'm playing well, I want to keep playing. And if I don't, I don't, and that kind of thing. And well, you know, he's not, so maybe he won't make it to 40. That is, that is fascinating. Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, I, I thought when you, when you had that answer, why do I have to put a number on it? My immediate response was, well, he wants to play over 40, but maybe you're right. Maybe he is saying that, you know what? I don't, I don't, ha- I don't have to keep going until, you know, unless some of these Drew Brees, Tom Brady's do to, to be satisfied with my career. Um, if he's taking the under, we might be in a situation where, where we're seeing 
the very end of, of a great career, which would also add another level of sadness to this thing. Yeah. What if Sunday is Eli Manning's last home game with the oh, Giants? Wow. But if you're listening to this podcast right now and thinking, I have tickets, why would I go? What if Sunday is the last time? I mean, I don't know that. It, to me, personally, Kyle Lilletta is not ready to start. But the Giants have a bye week, uh, which you know obviously you could use to get Lilletta ready after this game. And then they have an extra day because they're Monday night at San Francisco, um, who's a terrible team, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be an easy way to get Laletta in um, on the road away from the media circus out here and, um, you know, break him in out there on a Monday night. But that's a national stage. On the other hand, I mean, I'm just saying, what if Eli Manning is playing his final Giants home game on Sunday? I can't rule it out. I honestly, I'm getting I, a little, ver- I getting a little verklempt. I, talk, I, I, talk amongst yourselves. I'm getting verklempt. I think, Steve, I honestly, I don't think it will be. I think we'll see Loletta. I think week 10 is kind of early, maybe week 12, 13, but um, I can't rule it out. All right. For all time's sakes, Dunleavy, can we do a little true-false? Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, Steve and, <laughs> Steve and I and Keith Sargent uh, were on the Rebuilding Rutgers podcast. They're now trying to rename that podcast, uh, insert joke here. Um, they are now, we, and one of our favorite things to do was a true false segment. Matt and I have not done that. We've usually done key matchups for the game ahead, but well, there are no key matchups when the one is there are no key right. matchups when the game doesn't matter. So, so what do you got? listeners, so new listeners, I say, I give him a topic and then he'll tell me if true or false, and then we'll debate them later on. All right, let's start here. True or false. This Giants team will win four games this year. False. False. <laughs> false. True or false? This Giants game will. This Giants team will win three games this year. False. <laughs> okay. True or false? This Giants team will win at least one more game this year. True. Gonna give them two and fourteen. Wow. All right. We'll we'll talk about that. How do you know I'm not giving them five wins? You didn't see. Uh, yeah, because I'm, I've, I've talked you off there. Uh, true or false? The, the next guy out the door is Janoris Jenkins. True. True or false, Eli is on the roster this spring in 2019. False. $17 million in cap savings if they cut him. True or false, this all worked out just fine because they will get the quarterback of the future. (laughs) There's something I want to say here. We'll come back to this, I guess. But uh, uh, no, false, 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 false. false. (laughs) True or false, it's time to play Loretta after the bye. Immediately after the buy, false. Eventually after the buy, yes. Immediately, week 10, San Francisco, the scenario I just posed, no. True or false? There are suitors for Nate Solder. True or false? False. 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 (laughs) That is a massive contract. There's a better, yeah. There's a better chance. There's a better chance you or I get traded to the Pulitzer Foundation than there is a Nate Nate Solder getting traded. All right, and finally, true or false, you totally miss covering Rutgers. Admit it. True or false? True. True. You are the only human being in America who can say that you wish you were sitting there next to me in Piscataway. It's true. 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 I've nailed you down on that. Thank goodness we have you on the record. All right. So the first the first three questions on this, you did not you didn't disagreed with the column I wrote this morning, which was that the Giants, and this was before, give me a little bit. This was before they 
sold snacks for a fifth round pick that the Giants are still not the worst team in the NFL. When you look at the trash, the trash around the league, I mean, the Raiders have already sold off their good players. The bills are hilariously bad. The Cardinals have exactly, I look it up. They have 90, they've scored 92 points in seven games, which is exactly half the number of points they've given up. How many points have the Giants scored though? Well, I mean, it's got to be better than that, right? I don't know. It's better than that, but it isn't. It isn't miraculously. They had one thirty. They had one game where they scored thirty-one points. Otherwise, I mean, come on. Right. So, so but my point is that they are. There are teams. You di- so you disagree. You think that the Giants are just as bad as some of the trash uh, that you see in other cities. And I'm not yeah. saying they're a lot, but I think when you've got Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham, and Sterling Shepard. You're gonna luck into you're gonna luck into a couple wins. They only play one more team with a winning record right now. And that's the Redskins, who are not exactly uh, you know, exactly the Rams or the the Patriots. When uh, let's put it this way, do I think they're just as bad? I think they're more talented than those teams. You just name some of the guys. I think they're more talented. Even after trading Snacks and Apple, I still think they're more talented than those other teams. I just think they're going to lose just as many games as those teams. Uh, if that say what that will about effort or coaching or whatever you want to blame it on. I just think talent isn't always equating to wins. I think the Giants are a two-win team with you know seven-win talent. And so two, a two-win team with seven. So all right. So that they well, it's probably last now without it's probably six-win or five-win talent. Right. But. All right. Yeah. And so, but the problem is a five-win team. If, so if they won, if they won five games, they could be drafting eighth. That's what happened to the Bears last year. That's yeah. the point I'm trying to make. That I still yep. think it's possible they win four or five games, and they do not have. They're in a position like look at the Jets. The Jets were five and eleven, drafting six, had to trade three second-round picks just to move up to third, and yep. then even then at three. Had to had to luck into the fact the Giants were are were too blind but blinded or whatever you want to say by blinded by the light right? they were too yeah to to take a quarterback to luck in to get Sam Darnold so that that brings us back to the point now the Giants fans who think that this is going to work out and get Justin Herbert it's it doesn't look like it's going to work out and get Justin yeah. Herbert. Well, look, the reports are Jason Herbert, Justin Herbert's going to stay in school, but reports at this time last year were that Sam Darnold was right. going to stay in school. So every kid in college, say except except uh, Nick Bosa, or, uh, says that he's going to stay in school because you know he's playing for his teammates and all. So and he really probably in the moment is he loves college football, big man on campus, wants to play with his brother, and then some agents somewhere is going to come in and be like, dude. $31 million. $31 million. You're never gonna get you're never gonna have a higher draft stock than you have now. You're never gonna you're, you're risking injury playing for a team that is not gonna win a national championship. There's yeah. a whole there's a whole laundry list of reasons why yeah. the kid should come out if he's yeah. if he's smart. And Nick Bosa, I know he got, you know, he did the smart thing. I mean, absolutely. You watch that kid. Again, again, I watched him against the Rutgers offensive line, and I thought he – I didn't think he was LT. I thought he was Hercules, right? Okay, so I saw I saw Nick Posa when I thought he was he was going to kill at least four people in that yeah. game. Uh, but, you know, he's clearly he's clearly the best defensive player in college football right now, and he, he's yeah. making a smart de- decision to, to not risk further injury. Um, so what do the Giants do then? What is the, quarter, what is the quarterback path? I mean, it's – cross your fingers and hope for Herbert. Um, if he doesn't come out, look, I, 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 you can't force a quarterback pick to, that was the one thing Gettleman said 
that I think he got from Ernie Accorsi that I totally agree with. If you if you force a quarterback pick, if you pick one just because they're there, and he this guy wasn't the number one pick, but a couple years ago, like 10th or 12th, the number one quarterback pick was uh, E.J. Manuel. And then the number two quarterback pick in the second round was Geno Smith. You, that's picking a quarterback just to pick a quarterback. You can't do that. A cub, even before even that, uh, one year I was talking to – NFL Network's Daniel Jeremiah, and he he was reminded me of the year that like Christian Ponder, Jake Locker, uh, a bunch of these guys were like top fifteen picks. Mm-hmm. That's picking a quarterback just to pick a quarterback. You can't do that. So if Herbert doesn't come out, and the Giants are sitting there at one or two in the draft, and the best options are Will Greer at West Virginia or Drew Locke at Missouri, and you don't think that they are worth the one or two pick, then either trade the pick. Here we go again. This is the same trade. discussion we had last February. Yeah, yeah. Either trade the pick or pick the best available player, which is probably going to be Rashawn Gary or Ed Oliver or some defensive lineman. We know the Giants love their defensive linemen and roll with Kyle Aletta next year and or Kyle try to Aletta. get Aletta. There is no no evidence whatsoever he can play yet, by the way. No, none. None, no. of course. But but you again, the worst thing you can do is pick a quarterback just to pick one. Because if you do that, if you pick – and I'm just going to pick a name, Will Greer. If you pick Will Greer second overall when he shouldn't be picked second overall, then right. you're committing three or four years to Will Greer. And in 2020, when Tua Tui Soapy Soppy Sopo is out there from Alabama – and you can't pick him because you're locked into Will Greer, well, then you just doubled down on your mistake. So if the quarterback you want is not there in 2019, do not force it. Pick the defensive lineman, have another bad season maybe with Loletta or with some stopgap like Teddy Bridgewater or Sam Bradford or uh, the guy who's not a stopgap if you really wanted to try to win now was Derek Carr. But I think the Giants are done trying to win now. I think that's uh, think that's over. My my push for Derek Carr has ended. I, I, I tried that the last <laughs> week. That no longer makes sense. So Bradford or Bridgewater or Laletta, try that next year and then go back into the 2020 draft looking for your quarterback. When you pass on Darnold, you knew this was the doomsday scenario and – Herbert can bail them out because the Rams, let's look at the Rams, Steve. They're the best team in the NFL probably, right? Yep, no question. They picked Todd Gurley before they picked Jared Goff, and now they have a great quarterback running back situation. The one exception is they didn't pass on Marcus Mariota or Jameis Winston for Todd Gurley. Those guys were already drafted when they picked Todd Gurley. Um, but they did, that's what they got the running back first. They continued to suck and then they picked Jared Goff. So maybe that's what happened to the giants. (laughs) It's, it is, it is fascinating though, that we're in the situation. And I, I I don't know. I I still have a little bit of just, I don't, awe is not the right word, but it's just shaking your head just to see this happen and, and to know just heading to another season like this. It's kind of, if you're a fan and you're shelling out this money, you know, it's depressing. That's the only word I can come up with, right? I mean, just to just to know that your only the only thing you have to look forward to is 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 April and a draft and this the a full half season of nothing but bleh. Which fan base that which fan base has more hope, Steve? 
Rutgers Giants. or the Giants? Giants. Giants. Okay. Yes. So see, what are you talking Giants. about? That's why. Oh, well, because <laughs> that, there, that's that's there, there goes your question because they could shell out the money, everything you just said in the last thirty seconds. Because the Giants fan can wake up and say, "Ah, eh, at least I'm not a Rutgers fan." <laughs> The Giants, the Giants have a draft. Rutgers has a recruiting class, and it's not going well with the recruiting class. Not to bore the Giants fans on it, but yes, if you're, but if you're a Rutgers, if you're a Rutgers alum who's also a Giants fan, well, oh, poor guy. I mean, really, that's <laughs> that, that's that's across the bear right now. Well, at least you have the Knicks. <laughs> Have we ever had? I mean, the Devils are a good, promising I, I, team, but have we ever had like a New York Rangers rebuild, Knicks perpetual rebuild? I mean, the Jets are going to have a quarterback, but they're going to go seven and nine. I mean, we've we ever had a season that you're like, oh my god, it's not I, good. I suggested it to you last week. Yeah, it's a good column. I've got plenty of time to write it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we do. Yeah, it's. Uh, Giants are going to have plenty of time on their hands, I think, the next 10 weeks, too. I mean, uh, especially in the second half with some, uh, hey, you know what? NFL writers are always complaining that the games are too close and we don't have a chance to write our stories in the fourth quarter. The Giants might have taken care of that for us. (laughs) Uh, What else you got? Anything? I think that that pretty much sums it up. I think uh, it's pretty clear that where the Giants season is headed, but hopefully you stick with us. This is Ryan Dunleavy. You can follow me at Ryan Dunleavy on Twitter. That's Steve Politi. Steve, what's your Twitter yes, again? That's Steve Politi. So, yes, follow us. Follow along. We'll, we'll be at every Giants game, home and away, the rest of the way, to take you through the long slog toward the NFL draft.